This is the Brain Over Belly podcast, solving the puzzle of obesity with Dr. David Brown of Idaho BMI. When you commit to having bariatric surgery, it's common to have all sorts of hopes and expectations for what the future will hold. Today, we check back in with Mona, who's now one year past her bariatric surgery, to hear if the reality of her journey has lived up to the hype. Dr. Brown is also on hand to troubleshoot some of the challenges Mona has encountered along the way. Here's your host, Rick Dunn. We're back. Here we go again. Today's a special day because uh, it's not just me and Dr. Brown, but uh, we have Mona. It's good to see you again. Hello. Hello. It's good to be seen. So it's been uh, over a year now since Mona had her surgery, and today's going to be kind of uh, checking in on you, and uh, I I don't want you to hold back at all. Dr. Brown says, fire away. Good, bad, anywhere in between. You say whatever you want. I didn't know, Dr. Brown, if you wanted to start things off with a question for Mona, or if we just want to let her get right into it. Look at the devious look yes, in, his, in his eyes. I'm scared. <laughs> um. Well, it was a good experience. <laughs> I'm to do this point. I'll um, come after you. No, I'm just thinking about what we talk about in clinic, what I ask. So, how are you feeling? I feel fantastic. I am loving life. Glad you did it? Absolutely. Best choice I've ever made. If we go back, Mona, to uh, like before you had the surgery... Let's just remind people, what was your life like? What led to having the surgery? And then I'd really like to hear about what this past year has been like for you. Well, what led me to the surgery was I was having difficulty losing weight, and I had heart issues. I had AFib, which is a a regular, irregular heartbeat, for those who don't know. And uh, I went through procedures to correct that, and the medication that they've put me on seemed to keep adding weight and uh, that was something I couldn't cope with and to the point where I was hiding in my house and it sounded like fun to go to family gatherings or go out and meet friends for dinner and drinks but uh, having to fight my clothes to get out of the house wasn't worth it to me so I would cancel and just stay home and that's pretty much with my life was I was hiding and with COVID came um that was a great excuse not to have to go and do anything because of covid and it worked well for me and and to hide as my things got got worse worse and worse yeah through covid they started just getting worse and worse because you started making excuses and you you just didn't have to put in the work or 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 do whatever you thought was necessary to move in the right direction correct and scared to go outside of my house so Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it all played into uh, hiding and hiding my weight. So because I was embarrassed and I didn't, I didn't know how to be um, a heavy person, how to be a fat person. I didn't know how to do that, and it was I couldn't cope. I just could not cope. So you sat down with Doctor Brown. Yes. And what was it that made you say, "This is it. This is what we're going to do"? Um, first of all, that. It wasn't necessarily all my fault that I was fat. And I think that's a big thing is when you're heavy, you take on a lot of demons that you're lazy and you're weak. And if you just quit eating and and uh, exercise, that the weight would come off. Well, you know, I tried every diet under the sun and the weight never came off. Maybe 10 pounds, but then it would come right back on, if not, you know, 15 or 20. So it's it's not necessarily 
you're not doing the right things. It's not like I'm sitting home on the sofa eating ice cream and bonbons. I'm, you know, I'm watching what I eat and I am trying to exercise. And especially with my heart, I want my heart to be healthy and strong too. I want to stick around for my family and my grandbabies, but it's, it's hard. It's just hard. When people come and sit down with you, Dr. Brown, for the first time, do you find that conversation is always pretty similar or is it really different with these people that come in and say, I, I know we're all different people. Yeah, there are. But it seems like you knew exactly what to say to Mona. Hmm. They were the right things and it got her on the right path. Well, I think society in general and the medical community does treat people the same and that's neither good nor bad but we view the problem of being overweight maybe in a very particular way and so it's very common i would say just about all of the patients i see are coming in with this background of having been told certain things and believing certain things about themselves so yes there are very common threads or themes in that conversation and people are almost always shocked just to hear a different perspective on what's really driving the problem. Yeah. And I think it's refreshing because it, it, one is different and it suggests, well, maybe it's, it's not really all their fault and maybe there are answers to the problem. So it's easy for all of us on the outside looking in. You listen to the podcast or you go through research. It's easy to sit back and, and you look at somebody like Mona who started at, I don't remember what your weight was when you started, a Mona. A lot. It was a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it was a lot. Yes. Anyways, uh, it's easy for us to go like, oh, she lost uh, 40 pounds. I can't remember. How much have you lost now? Do you I know that? 55 pounds. 55 pounds. That is a lot of weight. In one year... She, and you go, okay, this worked. This is a good journey. Maybe she's not where she wants to be yet, or maybe she is. And But I would imagine there are a lot of ups and downs. I would love to hear what some of those are. Well, I guess there are a lot of ups and downs. It, um, like right after, what I remember right after the surgery is um, not necessarily, I guess I expected uh, like my stomach hurt more but what hurt was my shoulders and um, I guess that's from uh, being pumped up for lack of a better term so they can do what they need to do in the operations and then the, your body's trying to get yeah. rid of all that yeah, it's carbon dioxide we yeah, use get to rid inflate of all the that. And, and that it was painful Probably that was probably the most painful thing for me yeah. and yeah I had a lot of ups and downs you know Efren and some of the other guests that you've had on have explained it very well, how sometimes you lose weight and you either go up or you go down or you just kind of hang out there and then you may lose a little more and then you just kind of hang out there. Sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down and uh, you, I guess you just have to ride the cycle because it's not always, you're not losing a pound every day. Right. And that's that was tough for me because <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be I wanted a quick fix like everybody else. Well, yeah. and that's what we've been taught all of our lives is the number on the scale is the ultimate measure of success. And so, what I really try to get people to do is focus on habits, the tasks every day, mm -hmm. um, focusing primarily on that. And my definition of success is mastering those habits and being super consistent at them. Because um, in my experience, a person does that everything else falls into place. Whereas if you're focusing on a number on a scale, 
say that's really good. It's encouraging. It feel awesome. That can be a trap as well as in the other direction. It's not going down as quickly or as consistently as you want. That can be a trap uh, psychologically also. I have to agree with that because that's a, a game I played my entire life with sure. my weight. But what I have noticed is how my clothes fit and what clothes that I haven't probably been able to wear for five years I can put on now. And uh, it's exciting to things like that. I have a whole new section of my closet I can wear. So it's things like that, noticing how uh, your shoes fit or you know how your pants fit, you know, your shirt fits. It's, it's exciting when you can get into those smaller clothes. And I know you've talked about uh, like your grandkids are big for you. You you, you want to be able to play with your grandkids. Yes. You, you you babysit them a little bit, right? And yes, I get to hang out with them a lot. And those little buggers can move. Yes, <laughs> I've got can. some of my own. Yeah, they are um, now. They are six and five and a half, oh. or four and a half and six. And Koa's going to be five. He's reminding me every day. But uh, <laughs> and they are fast and they are fun and they want to go uh, and they don't realize before I couldn't do things with them. I, I could barely get down on the floor. And if I got down on the floor, I had to have a plan to get off the floor because it was it was difficult to say the least. But now I can get down and play. I can run around on my knees with them and play with their cars and on the racetracks. And we can run around the block. And, it, and now I look forward to doing everything with them. I took them tubing, which, you know, a year ago, I would have never done that. I would have never even suggested it were you on the tubes too did you oh you did you went for it too (laughs) yes it was so much fun we had a blast so that's what's exciting is i'm getting out doing things and i'm getting out of my house and uh happy to meet the world what are some of the struggles you've been going through what's some of the hard stuff you've you've been doing this for a year now yeah i've had some hard personal things um i've gone through uh my father dying and my sister-in-law died a horrible death and those were Mm -hmm. Uh, haunting experiences for me but thanks to Dr. Brown what got me through them was uh, moment by moment and doing my mindful breathing and sipping my water and getting to the next moment and those tricks I guess I could call them tricks habits would be more correct that uh, got me to be able to handle those difficult situations that's one of the things that I love about what you do, Dr. Brown, is it's it's not just training people or reprogramming the brain, I guess, is is how you uh, word it a lot. But it's it's not just about weight. It's it's a lifestyle. And, right. Everything's connected. And and that's that's what I'm seeing in Mona. It's not perfect. We're not. Are, are you where you want to be, or what? What are your goals, Mona? Uh, well, no, I'm not where I want to be, but uh, I'm happy where I'm at at the moment. I'm looking forward to being less. I have some uh, issues, like with uh, blood sugar, and that I'm looking at to. I guess lowering, and that will help me lose weight. I think that's why it's been slow is because I've been pre-diabetic and with my heart issues and all the medication I'm on, I think that's what has caused my weight loss to be slower than I would like. But uh, slow and steady wins the race. You okay troubleshooting, (laughs) trying to troubleshoot some things? Okay. So blood sugars. um, there are a couple of things, um, you know, everybody is different. And one of the things, one of the reasons, primary reasons I really believe in long-term follow-up is the, the opportunity to troubleshoot. Everybody's different. Uh, 
and everybody's bodies are different and it's important to try different things and experiment and apply research as much as we can in ways to help people achieve those goals and really get to an optimum health. So blood sugars, if you're okay, um, I would at, you know, look at a couple of variables or different things that we can try. What, you mentioned water. Mm-hmm. How's that going? You know, we always talk about two liters or 64 ounces of water. You're doing at least that? At least that every day. And um, since my uh, visit a couple of months ago, I, I have taken to measuring my water more seriously. I so you're say. not cheating yourself then, right? right? To yeah. make sure, because I maybe, I, that's why I was thinking, maybe I'm not drinking as much water as I think I am. And were you right in what you were estimating? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I usually think about is narrowing that window of time in the day that we eat. And, you know, for a lot of people, that target is eating once a day without any snacking or anything outside of that. Um, so that's one thing I would suggest experimenting with is really trying to narrow that window even t- to the point of eating once a day. Um, do you, what's your experience with that? With eating? Um, I like it. <laughs> me too wow like we have that in common but, uh, it's funny that uh, <laughs> things I do like to eat but uh, I maybe eat come uh, say one two o'clock in the afternoon and I will have like a celery stick with peanut butter on it and then I will have a dinner say six o'clock have you noticed that uh, certain foods that you used to have to have, you don't have to have now, or you has your, I don't know, has taste changed for you? Or absolutely. How, it, absolutely. The, taste has changed. As we talked about, uh, I think one of my first episodes was after my surgery, how I was, when I finally got to eat food, how excited I was to eat this uh, walnut chicken salad because I loved it. And, and um, so that's what I, that was my first meal was to have my favorite food. And it was awful. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. How so? I hated it. It's just nothing tasted the same. The texture, uh, it, it just wasn't good anymore. It was like, huh, that's what Dr. Brown said. Was that disappointing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is and it isn't. Exactly. There's a, there's a plus and, and there's isn't. a negative yeah. there. Because huh? I'm thinking it's healthy. You know, it's a salad and, uh, you know, chicken. So that those were good choices. Uh, nuts, that's a good good source of proteins but uh yeah it was awful i you know (laughs) individually those things i can eat but i can't eat them all together how about meat Um, meat's gone well for me i i eat a variety like you know steak and hamburger chicken um pork chops i i eat a lot of different meats do you do the the chewing exercises and the i know you do the breathing that is probably one of the biggest changes in my diet is putting the fork down yeah. between bites um, counting how many times you're chewing and waiting the two minutes before I take another bite so you time it oh yeah okay you, you got like a stopwatch uh, when I first there. started I had um, you know those little timers yeah. the sand timers mm-hmm. you know, like the timeout chairs I thought about buying those so that's what I have and I would have that at my table to, to time between my bites. So, you know, Rick and I live by 30 seconds, 60 seconds, being on yeah. the radio. Yeah, so it's sort of built in, right? So, yeah, yeah. It is. So, yeah, so I had that too. You could put logos sure. on those, you know? You <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Are you chewing? Right. Well, <laughs> so in addition to narrowing that window of time in the day that we're eating, um, I also encourage people, again, as they are pursuing 
sort of a, reaching their goals is to increase nutrient density of the foods. In other words, simplify, um, take anything out of the diet or try to take things out of the diet that take up space but don't deliver nutrients. Does that make any sense? Yes. So with what you just said, I would say celery. Yep. In other but words, it's not delivering much, but your stomach is very small. It's going to take up space. And believe it or not, the, that type of thing is related to the goals that it sounds like you're pursuing. Right. I think I, the reason I like it is because I, it's like having water that crunches mm. your celery. You know, you're right. It, I don't think it has a whole lot of value, but it gives me, gives me a crunch. Got it. I think sometimes I have to have that. What did you say? It's, so it's like drinking water, but it's it's, it's the food chewing, version of chewing, chewing water. water. I've never heard that celery before. Is, I mean, celery is just water you chew. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Dr. Brown? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> he doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't eat celery. He's got most of them. Yeah. So you mentioned blood sugars mm-hmm. and wanting to lower them. Yes. Um, so there are, of course, a lot of different things that go into that, and we had briefly talked about salt. And what's your general approach with salt? Right now, I don't use salt. Um, it's just, I don't extra salt. Like, I don't salt my food when it comes to the table. I pretty much try to stay away from salt. Got it. Um, it's something to experiment with, because there are good studies that show that... Um, if a person is deficient in salt, meaning sodium primarily, that that can promote insulin resistance, which of course is going to be the primary driver for elevated blood sugars. Mm-hmm. So something to experiment with is um, different amounts of salt. I know I've that never, that's controversial. I've never heard that. I've yeah. never heard that. And I've I, when was it? Probably back in two thousand and five. I was uh, told I was insulin resistant, mm-hmm. and I'd never. Did they say salt? Yeah. Yeah. Super so important. A certain amount of salt can be good for you. Yes. It's, it's like fat, right? Yes. And of course, you have to talk to your doctor about it. But yeah. I, I think it's worth experimenting you are with. my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I am That's talking funny, with you I'm... about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> so, you know, you got to think about why you're avoiding salt. And, and the recommendations surrounding that and other health conditions. But, you know, outside of very specific heart conditions, yeah, I would encourage you to experiment a little bit with that. Um, do you check your blood sugars? No. No. It's just in the labs that come up. Correct. You've been told that that's high. Okay. Right. So something to try um, is adding more salt, increasing the, sort of the nutrient density, and I'm really picturing myself with the, you know one of those big salt things that cattle lick you know like, here I, I used am to licking those that. when I was a kid. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> that is bad. Nobody recommends that. I don't that. think we need to go that far. No, okay. yeah, probably not. Okay. I'll reel it in. Yes, please. <laughs> How's sleep? You know, is since the last time we visited, it has been improving. Uh, it was bad there for a few months. Did uh, that relate or in time to those stressors with the yes. loss of your sister and your dad? Yes. Yes, it did. But um, I took a step back from that and decided uh, 
to focus more on my sleep hygiene and and what I needed to do to get a good night's rest and try to check that stuff at the door so I'm not thinking about it all night. And it has worked for me. Good. So your sleep now is good. You, yep. How much sleep do I, you get a night? I do, I, get, I do close to eight hours every oh, night. That's awesome. That's great. It used to be that the thinking was, well, everybody's different. Some people do great with four or five hours of sleep. Other people need eight. I think the most recent and the best uh, research suggests uh, pretty much everybody really needs closer to eight hours of sleep a night to be healthy from a metabolic standpoint and brain function and all those things. So I'm glad. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, I, and thank you, Dr. Brown. Your um, habits that you have taught me have really helped me get through some difficult times. And they've brought me good times as well. So you've had a year now. I have. There's, uh, there's people that are, that are looking into doing this. There's people that are thinking about it. And now they, they can hear from somebody that has gone through the journey for a year. That's a long time. How happy are you right now? Where are you at exactly? Where do you want to be? What have you got, Mona? <laughs> well, um, shoot it. Yeah. Go for Jeez. it. You know, I am very happy, and I have a positive outlook on life, which I think I became like a negative nilly before I had my operation because – I was just so negative about myself and my appearance and I didn't want to get out of my house. And thanks to Dr. Brown and going through um, my surgery, I have, I feel like I've become a new person or maybe I've become the one I was always meant to be. It's interesting that I'm very happy. Yeah. As you're going through this journey, we, we don't think about a lot of people think about like, okay, she's done this for a year, but you don't think about how life happens. And so you've had some very traumatic things happen in your life. Where some people might uh, grab a bottle of booze or go into a depression for however long. And it's interesting that you use these techniques to help push yourself forward. And it wasn't perfect, sounds like. No, it wasn't perfect. But, you know, uh, that's funny you say that because dealing with my family definitely makes me want to drink. But what I've I've (laughs) heard after surgery is that, you know, just take a step back and, and do my breathing and drink my water and you know it's gonna be okay that's kind of become my motto is you know drink water you know you have a headache well drink some more water you think you're hungry well drink some more water oh you broke your nail drink some more water you stubbed your toe drink some more water <laughs> and that's, that's become my motto to you know to get enough water it's down simple every day. things yeah well. and you know if it doesn't work okay then i guess i'm really hungry so i'll i'll fix something to eat Yeah, that's my motto. Drink more water. We're really proud of you. Uh, Closing thoughts from you, Mona, and then we'll uh, have Dr. Brown just kind of wrap things up for us. funny. I wrote it down. (laughs) Yes. That's always good. (laughs) Well, you know, I want – here's something I think is important and that these these thoughts have helped me through a lot is to be stronger than my excuses and to get out and do and be who you want to be. So – You need to look back and be grateful. You need to look ahead and be hopeful. Look around and be helpful and be brave. Be brave. You can be silly, be fun, be different, be crazy, be you. Because life is too short to be anything but happy. And that is something that I definitely have learned this year. 
and you're never going to change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret to your success is found in your daily routine. So be brave enough to change your daily routine if you want to change your life. Wow. Is that your, so is that your mantra now or is that, uh, what would you call the power statement or something like that, yeah, Dr. Brown? Yeah. Personal power statement. Personal power statement. Is that it for you? Mona? I guess that's for now. That's it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I come up with a lot of them and things that just ring true with me, especially if you want to change your life, you've got to change your daily habits, like yeah. whatever you're doing daily. If it's not working for you, you need to change it. We are habits, right? Yes. That's something I learned from Dr. Brown. You're doing really good. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Rick. Dr. Brown? Uh, super proud of you, Mona. I think you're doing awesome. We are all, uh, you know, a work in progress. But you're you're a hero. You're successful. And it's my life is so enriched in uh, my associate, because of my associations with you and people like you. And I've... Sounds cheesy, maybe, but I learn so much from these long-term relationships and seeing people in clinic uh, as we troubleshoot and figure things out. I've learned so much from it. So thank you, Mona. (laughs) You're welcome. I feel the same about you, Dr. Brown. Thanks. Thank you again, Mona, for coming in. uh, I'm sure we're going to have you back in in two or three months, and the success will continue, right? That's right. (laughs) Dr. Brown, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Rick. 